Welcome to the Abyssinian syllabary, where we spell out Ethiopia in 33 characters. I'm Eve-Marie Stranger, your host and the compiler of these Abyssinian lives. Nota bene. While any resemblance to actual countries, past or present, and to historical figures is not purely coincidental, this is a work of fiction. For a primer on these Ethiopian characters, newcomers may start with the prologue by Manuel de Goes. To order the book or a poster of the Abyssinian syllabary, visit Ethiopia.com. That's U-T-H-I-O-P-I-A dot com. There are two rival accounts of the demise of Zereacob. In the first, worn out and beset by rheumatism, the gyrovague exclaims, At last! While the second version holds that having hoed his cabbages all caramped long and expecting a bountiful crop, the master sighed a timid, Déjà? The Apocrypha of Zereacob Capitaine Clochette Z. Captain Henri Clochette lies bedridden in a leather cot. The fevers rack his body and he murmurs in his uneasy sleep. Sharp directives are issued, punctuated by laughter in different voices. The captain fills each role, one after the other. At Henri's bedside sits an Abyssinian maid, wiping his brow. She whispers sweet nothings in a language he does not hear or comprehend any more than she is able to grasp the words that erupt from his lips before he sinks back into the shadows. The Abyssinian sings berceuse to him in her tongue. Henry is lying on a bed of leather straps in the Ethiopian province of Ilubabor, in a forest clearing that they will later call Gore, a trading post in the midst of hills covered in coffee trees of varnished leaf and red berry. It is a balcony, a room with a view, thinks Henri, arriving from Addis Ababa. Gore offers open vistas onto the plains of the Sudan, where Henri now knows he shall never set foot. His gold and blue costume of the 8th Regiment de Sapeurs lies carefully folded on a free-legged stool carved from one piece. His mission is terminated with a whimper. For Clochette, in spite of the salubrious air of the Ilababor hills, lies slowly dying from the fever contracted in the Awash. He is fast fading away on this balcony with views of what was to have been his final destination, Fashoda. The captain has bursts of lucidity, yet they cannot hold back the dark bouts in which he is torn between boyhood memories and dreams of military glory. Clochette, his colonel had barked at him. Your mission, to enter by way of Djibouti, to march on through Abyssinia, and to direct your steps without tallying to the Sudan. The English must not get there first, or the Union Jack will fly over all East Africa, from the Blue to the White Nile. Your commission, Clochette, is both elementary and of capital importance. You are to sound the alarm in Fashoda and raise our standard before it is too late, Clochette. And Henri had thought that he had seen, 
Is it a memory, and not a djinn lurking in the coffee bushes that is tormenting him, rather? He thought he had seen the colonel's moustaches beginning to dance a jig, not out of patriotic fervour, although the times were sombre, it is true, but from suppressed merriment. The colonel is making merry with his name. Henri can see it too. We clochette in his blue and gold uniform, ringing the bell as hard he well can, belting out the Marseillaise at the top of their lungs. The fevers, these damned fevers and their unwholesome visions, clochette thinks again, before sinking once more into a heavy respite. He no longer knows what is true and what is false, Henri, and even the hand of the Abyssinian maid can no longer shoo away the gins that skulk around his cot. What he does know, Henri Clochette, is that he would give anything to catch one last glimpse of the river Omble on an early June morning. The river, cool and languid, the contours of the haystacks still hazy. The heat has not yet risen, and the fish emerge slowly each time a gossamer thread alights on the waters, the smell of fresh hay wafting over the country from the nearby meadows, the summer flowers of all colours, the song of the blackbird and the green flash of the kingfisher parting the waters. Ah, si seulement. As far as he could look back, his name was the subject of taunts. I dragged this silly patronymic like a bell attached to my neck. Even myself, I cannot resist glib world play, Clochette reflects bitterly. Henri grew up in a village in the Creuse, on the banks of the river Omble, where he learnt early on to angle with his grandfather, who was the village gamekeeper. He loved the reek of the Silurian catfish and the carp, a smell he loved to breathe in before casting the catch back into the water after measuring their length against his tibia as his grandfather had taught him. Oh, hey, the latter would say, don't measure the moustaches, they don't count. And Henri never failed to laugh at the joke told one thousand times, as he has learnt to expect the punchline with more pleasure than the catch itself. Henri's father died in the war against the Prussians. Every evening, Henri points out to his mother the place reached by the fish on his leg. It is to the absent father that Clochette compares himself to, a calculation that is even more difficult than the measuring of fish. Each time he takes stock of one of his actions, he never knows whether it includes the moustaches of the disappeared father or not. This absence of the pater familias seems to be a signal of a free-for-all and he is ostracized by his peers. An archaic observance in which the woman deprived of a man and his fatherless child no longer have a protector. Au fond, Henri mutters to himself and to an Abyssinian maid, it is not a name that is droll, or which can impart to its bearer a particular predestination. It is the substance that one seeks to imbue the name with which comes to be of importance. Henri no longer knows who is speaking, himself, his dream, or the coffee-bush gins. His thoughts return to the colonel. When Clochette had reported in Djibouti, he was freshly from Madagascar, where he had conveyed a shipment of Spanish mules brought in for the pacification campaign against the anti-marina. 
a task without any military glory certainly yet a task that henri had accomplished with keenness and even a dose of pleasure mules were not unusual in the nemedos along the omble and henri had always had a hand for animals in the set formula of the peasantry the colonel had said to him you are no dunderhead clochette far from it he had leaned in imparting to henri in a hushed voice vous savez clochette jokes on people's names i don't really appreciate them very much myself there is nothing in a name and certainly no providence and you can always be sure of one thing the joke has already been told in the schoolyard but what can you do one has to hang on to something don't you think clochette and really a name when you think of it it is something rather anodyne really isn't it so do not forget clochette name is not fate and all the same do not forget to ring that alarm bell in fashoda clochette beard of an abyssinian eunuch a smile flickers on clochette's face in his sleep the odd bull expression has betrayed him it is only a vision in a dream he seems at ease the man who will not reach fashoda when he breathes his last sigh the abyssinian maid gently closes his eyes she never was able to pronounce his name still she does not need to ask for whom the bell tolls Thank you.